You're listening to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue with Adam Bartels. Welcome to Full Steam Ahead, a podcast about Purdue. I'm excited to welcome into this episode former Purdue basketball player, captain, defensive player of the year, culture changer, mentor, father, and current uh, king of Purdue Twitter right now, Rafael Davis. Ray D, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate that intro. That was no problem. Cool. Hopefully I got it all. You <laughs> uh, seem like a man of many hats. <laughs> no, no kidding. Uh, and also just an important piece of uh, Purdue basketball history. It's awesome to have you on the show today. Uh, where are you at now? Uh, right now, currently, I'm in Fort Wayne. Um, just did some training in Greensburg yesterday. I uh, trained the elementary team in Greensburg. Then do some training in Fort Wayne. Then I pick up my daughter tonight for her winter break. Then we're headed back to Atlanta after I call the PFW game on Saturday. Awesome, man. That's really cool. You've been extremely uh, busy with a lot, wearing a lot of different hats since you graduated Purdue. We'll, we'll get, all, get into all of that here in just a few minutes. But I want to kind of go backwards to um, maybe 2006, 2007-ish, around then. When did uh, Purdue come in the picture for you? I think Coach Paint came to my first game, 2008. I think it was, um, I think it was would have been Michigan, Illinois, Purdue, all at the same game. It was myself, AJ, Yogi, uh, Dewan Marrero. We had a couple other guys. Uh, we all Elijah, Elijah. Uh, I can't remember Elijah's last name, but we had a couple guys that we were probably the best team in the state at that point. So we were playing in Bloomington, I think, at that time. And that would have been 2008 is when I first saw Coach Payne at an AAU game. Before that, Coach, actually Coach McCullum from IU had came to a middle school game. And then that next summer is when I kind of was introduced to Purdue. Gotcha. Okay. Did you grow up a Purdue fan or is this kind of your first introduction to Purdue? This, well, Coach Payne was my first introduction to okay. Purdue. Gotcha. Okay. You grew up in the Fort Wayne area, right? So who who'd you follow growing up up there? I grew up, yeah, I grew up on the south side of Fort Wayne. So I had guys like Ashante Jones, um, Deshaun Thomas, uh, even guys like Walter Jordan. I really, I never knew Walter Jordan went to Purdue at that time, but he would have the Walter Jordan basketball camps every summer. So I would go to that. Uh, so I knew him from that, just being a figure. Um, then um, actually one of my cousins, older cousins, Cam Stevens, went to Purdue out of Fort Wayne. He didn't have graduated from Purdue, but he went to Purdue. But he's just another guy in the city that I follow. We had um, oh God. <laughs> James Hardy was another guy. James Hardy on the IU is yep. another guy that I follow. But, yeah, we had a lot of good talent come out of Fort Wayne that I was able to grow up and watch. Yeah, and you, you uh, unlike a lot of people, you committed to Purdue really early. Uh, what, your freshman year of high school, right? Yep, I committed right after my freshman season, that spring, right after my freshman season. I had been being recruited by a few different schools. Uh, a lot of the Big Ten was coming to my high school and whatnot. So I kind of been going through the recruiting process just a little earlier. And I committed early because I think, one, my mother and my father, they both knew Paint wasn't lying about anything he was saying. But also, I felt that too. I knew he was just an honest, straightforward, straight from the hip guy. Just kind of stay at high season. But mm-hmm. then I also knew Coach Owens at that time. He was recruiting me. And he was new to Purdue. But <clears throat> his consistency and his checking in just outside of basketball was really big to me. He really 
cared about me as a young man at that time. He would call me, I'd be at, <laughs> I'd be at dinner with like my girlfriend or something. He asked to speak to her. He asked to speak to her mom, <laughs> just making sure I'm doing good as a person. So yeah, Coach Owens was a big factor. But then another one for me, one of the biggest reasons I committed early was Lou Jack. Mm. Lou Jack was just one of those people that <clears throat> he what he did to me is what is why I'm still connected to Purdue now. I mean, he brought me in, he made me feel apart, he made me feel like a college student. When I was 14, so I mean, Lou Jack always had my back. Even to this day, I talk to Lou Jack a lot. So Lou Jack, Coach Payne, Coach Owens, the honesty behind all three of them, it was that was what meant the most to me. That's awesome. So did it become an easy decision because of that, or were there other schools that you were strongly considering as well? No, I came an easy decision. I had a visit to Ohio State that weekend, but I committed to Purdue on my way back home, on the <laughs> drive home. We left Coach Painter's office, and my dad kind of knew at that moment, and then we, we made that phone call on the way home. Awesome. Well, we're all thankful for that, and we're definitely glad you did not become a Buckeye. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, me too. <laughs> Let's talk about your first couple of years at Purdue. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there was a, a, a team struggle there. Talk about kind of going through those, those bumps, those valleys there, uh, your first two years at Purdue. The first two years were tough because the first year we come in, the team was kind of looking for identity, mm -hmm. kind of how they were last year. And since they lost Robbie, they lost Etuan and Juwan a few years before that. And DJ was – the best six man in the conference, and now he's has to be the go to guy. Tyrone kind of, Tyrone had a great tournament and NCAA tournament leading into that year. So that first year, was, I think the team was trying to figure each other out, figure who out who's going to be a leader. I think we lost games early that we shouldn't have that kind of negated our season because I mean we get in the Big Ten play. I think <clears throat> I think we finished in between Illinois and Minnesota, and they both went to the tournament. So. If we just have a non-conference, we make the tournament. <clears throat> Playing in the CBI and losing in the CBI at home, I think really puts a real negative spin on the season. <clears throat> but that year, we just lost – I think we lost Eastern Michigan at Eastern Michigan. They stormed the court. Like, it was – we would have stuff like that happen. But we would have games we played really, really well, and we should win them. Then that next year, again, we had guys transfer in. We had a group of freshmen. But we just didn't play hard. We didn't listen. I mean – that's just me being just straight honest. We did not listen to coach. And we had guys that just didn't buy into the system. <clears throat> we had guys on the bus to the game telling other guys that the coaches didn't know what they were talking about. Yeah. And we had just went through a week of scout. So we about to play the number two team in the country. You know what I mean? So we had just a lot of not trust. I don't think the coaches trusted us. I don't think some of the players trusted the coaches. I think there's a lot going on. I think a lot – I think just – it was a lot of bullshit, to be honest. <clears throat> but, yeah, those first two years were just kind of an awakening, kind of <clears throat> – it shows you that you go to a school and you're not guaranteed to make the tournament. I thought you were. Honestly, I, you go to Purdue, I thought you'd make the tournament. <laughs> so, when we get to that point, it's like, well, we got to win these games to make it. So, that freshman year was kind of like an up-and-down year for me. I had my daughter when I was a sophomore. That was a lot for me personally. I became a captain two weeks after I had my daughter. It was wild how that kind of spun my mental. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a rough year. But I, we had to go through that year to get to kind of where we are at this point. So yeah. the elite eight that made that year make a lot of sense. Yeah, because I mean, like that off season, it seemed like some guys transferred out. And you know, I'm not gonna throw anybody under the bus. But that, that your sophomore season, 
seemed like a lot of guys were just playing for themselves and like you said not buying into the system not playing coach painter basketball Purdue basketball what changed because you became kind of that catalyst for the and that's why I introduced you as a culture changer because you were the leader in changing that culture at Purdue from your sophomore to junior season talk about kind of what happened in that off season leading into your junior year that that just shifted Purdue into the forward momentum that we're seeing still today for me it was <clears throat> sorry but for me it was I had a daughter at this point. So basketball became bigger than basketball for me. Like we come, I would always tell the guys, and this is just me being honest. We come in the last place in the big 10. I'm not going to the NBA and no one's going to care enough to help me find a job. So I'm not gonna be able to feed my daughter like I want to. So we can't come in last place just cause we can't be remembered that way. But then also, we had five guys, five guys leave and five guys, not all five, but we had a few guys transfer out and say they were going to better situations. That was the thought they were given. That was, I'm going to go be better than this. This is not good enough for me. So I also had that in my head where me and AJ were the only upperclassmen that were there. We had a lot of freshmen coming in, Bryce and Basil and Kendall. <clears throat> they were going into their sophomore year. AJ was testing the NBA a little bit that summer. We had five guys come in. Coach Brantley would ask all the time who's going to lead the freshmen. So we had that offseason as well where we just had five guys in the Maymester. We really had to get to know each other. And Gavin Roberts, who is the strength coach now, really pushed me to be a leader. It really pushed me to work. So I would say just that, that Maymester, first I say having a daughter changed it all for me. My perspective just on basketball and just don't working in life but then that main master with those guys transferring out and knew we knew new guys were coming in us five didn't want to lose our spot to that next five just to be honest too so this is a great summer competition with me us five me basil kendall aj um, and bryson that five would play pj dakota vince jaquille and isaac that would be the scrimmage for a month I didn't switch the teams because let's just do it. This is what you guys want. You think y'all, you guys are coming to a situation. We just came last in the big 10. You think you're going to play, you know what I mean? And we're going to have to either you're going to take it from us. Or we're gonna, you know what I mean? So it's one of those situations where it just kind of, I didn't want Dakota to take my spot. So it was just honestly. So a lot of things just changed perspective wise, mental wise that kind of led into that next year. And it all worked out. I mean, like you're, like I said, your leadership, changed the culture there and then you know you guys flipped from last place to third place and competing up there for a big 10 title talk about just that switch and and just the emotion and excitement and getting back behind the program and how that kind of just recharged purdue basketball no oh, yeah that was a crazy turnaround um and coach Payne didn't even win coach of the year that year that's sick that's but, um, <laughs> I never thought about that until you just said that like that. But, yeah, he didn't wear Coach of the Year. But, um, no, nah, John Octi has changed a lot. John Octi didn't play for that last-place team. I don't think he knew about that last-place team. He just was coming into Purdue to play hard because he was – I think he was to go to UCLA and didn't work out. He was looking for opportunity. So, to me, when John Octius came in, that changed my pace. That changed how I went about it. John Octius always had this thing where he would always say, rather somebody was shooting a free throw or something, <clears throat> he would say, um, Ray D, it's time to eat off somebody else's plate. 
So say we're playing Yogi and John Octius, he's amped because he knows the he knows the name recognition Yogi has. So he kind of brought that chip on his shoulder to the Big Ten to these guys that have these type of names. I'm just gonna play harder than them. And I got a lot of credit defensively that year, but John Octus did a lot for Purdue that year, and I don't think he gets a lot of that credit. But he, cha- I think, I think he changed the pace, which led into that year, and he had just a a will about him that I kind of really enjoyed to be around. That's awesome. Of course, John Octus has one of the most memorable plays in Purdue basketball history when he baptized the masses <laughs> down in down in Bloomington. That dunk at IU is just incredible. Something that's always fun just to watch over and over mm-hmm. as well. And then you guys, uh, you repeated that again your senior year, two years in a row, third third place in the Big Ten and getting to uh, play in the NCAA tournament back-to-back years. Let's talk about uh, finishing that your senior year and kind of going out uh, on a good on a good note as well. Nah, finishing my junior senior year, top uh, top three in the Big Ten. I didn't even really, really realize that. But finishing top three in the Big Ten after finishing last, it felt good. I mean, I know we didn't go out the way we wanted to, especially against Little Rock, but – to know we were able to, to know you were able to be a part of something at the lowest of the lows and get it back to where it once was and maybe help it go further. I mean, it was just a great experience. It's one of those things you don't know what you did until I didn't realize what I, what I did until Coach Painter gave me a ring, and then I didn't realize it until the Elite Eight. So it was one of those things where during that Elite Eight game, I'm sitting right next to Braden or behind Braden, and – Klein hits that three. I get I'm getting goosebumps. Klein hits that three. I sit down and put my head in my lap. Like it's one of those things where I never knew I had those feelings and it could be brought out of me to you in that moment and you remember the Navy SEALs and I couldn't swim. So this is probably one thing I think that got my trust in my teammates kind of going back. But I can't swim. Still to this day, I can't swim. And during our Navy SEALs training, our last thing we had to do was jump into the 17 meter, I don't know, meter, I don't know, 17 meter pool, whatever, off the diving board or 17 meters high. I don't, I don't know. But I think it's full 10 feet. I have no idea. But if it's three feet, I'm terrified. It was high. <laughs> jump off the diving board into the water. And it probably takes me, I have the video on my phone, and it probably takes me 10 minutes to do. I even get up, I sit down. Um, I don't want to do it. All the guys have done it, everybody did it. And they, all the guys surrounded around me, I think it was Neil Bashirs, Isaac, John McKeeman, then I had a little floaty. And we jumped in together and had guys in the water that kind of embraced me when I fell in and kind of got me back to the side. But like that moment made a lot of sense when like you see those guys celebrating the Sweet 16. Like, cause you know, you went through something that really tested you and really took you to the biggest challenge you've ever been through for guys to be able to celebrate later. But I don't know if that made sense or you followed that, but no, yeah. it was it was great. Cause even after my senior year, I never looked as though I stopped because like, my career at Purdue was still going. So yeah. I was just as part as that, being honest, I cried when they won the Big Ten Championship against IU at home. So it's like, things like that mean a lot to me because my freshman year, we got the beat out of us at home and on the road by you so to be able to go last place have two years lose first round lose first round win a big 10 at home against your rival moments just made a lot of sense and i'm glad that i was a part of that type of legacy yeah you, you, all those things you 
say emphasize just the whole Purdue that family that Purdue always preaches family family fa you know you say those guys coming around you and helping you out uh, overcome that fear I, that's so cool and then you know I think you kind of touched on it briefly but I just want to also like bring back up you know a year after you graduate and they win the Big Ten Coach Paint brings you back in and, and hands you a ring and credits you for again changing that culture and the mindset there at Purdue basketball talk about that moment when he, he brings you back and presents you a, a Big Ten championship ring now nah, that was cool because I was coming to campus already just for homecoming, I believe. I was coming for homecoming. I was coming to go to the football game with John Nye, um, the late, great John Nye. And that's why I was on campus. Bloom had been texting me about my senior – he was telling me I had, like, a senior ring coming. And I, I knew I had a senior ring coming. I just never put it together that he would be asking about Big Ten. But – so I come to campus. I just go and just go in the locker room just – so really just pick with Dakota and PJ. Like I go to the house that morning, I walk in, the door was unlocked and I still, I got my thing always, I'll take the batteries out of people remotes if the door was open, just kind of to play with them a little bit. So they knew I took the batteries and whatever. So I'm in the locker room, just chilling, just hanging out. And then Pace, they bring the rings. I'm happy for the guys. I'm, like I'm really happy for the guys. And then Pace starts talking. And then I seen the camera come in. And then I seen Bloom come to me, and it was just one of those moments where I thought that was real cool. I thought Paint doing that for me showed what type of man he is and showed what type of respect that he had for not only his program, but for the people in it that respect his program. Because uh, there were times where me, I just tell the media, guys just aren't listening to him. He knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. And for him to keep doing it his way and make it work, but then also – reward me for believing in his system and just buying all the way into it. <clears throat> and I averaged maybe seven points a game. So it was real big to me. That's a moment that I'll be able to tell my kids about my grandkids. Cause even though I didn't play, it, it goes to the fact that even though you may not be there when you win, but you can have a, a part of something. That's how I feel about Gavin Roberts. He wasn't there when we come in third place my junior year, but that main master and that summer, he was a real instrumental part when Josh had to go hit the road a few times. So, no, nah, that was probably one of my biggest moments. Not, a lot of my biggest moments I didn't even – have happened in Mackey, I've not been playing. So, that was definitely up there. Yeah. Well, speaking of Mackey, we need to talk about just that atmosphere and just the, the privilege of getting to play uh, home games in Mackey Arena. That atmosphere is crazy. You like you, I watched a clip today. I watched a video today of um, me guarding Karis LeVert. And we got a five-second count. And you would think someone just dunked on somebody or someone hit the game winning three. Like, you'd never go into an arena and hear this type of response for defensive plays, for turnovers. I know, I know they keep tracking threes now because of Ryan and Klein when we started playing. But it was turnovers. It was you going to that gym and you just got to play hard and the fans will love you. And Paint would always say that. Our fans know basketball. Paint would say it. Our fans know basketball. Our fans know when you're bullying. Our fans know when you're playing hard. And all they want you to do is play hard. And it really – that you want to be a legend at Purdue. I tell guys that be a recruiter all the time. Go somewhere you can be a legend just from playing hard. And that's really real that Purdue. That energy is crazy. Like the game, I don't know if you remember, but Purdue's playing Michigan. I tell this story all the time. Purdue's playing Michigan. Manny Harris elbows Chris Kramer in the nose. I think he breaks it. Chris Kramer's gushing blood. Chris Kramer's a Pronington. So I kind of am familiar with Chris Kramer a little bit. But 
He goes up through the tunnel. Manny Harris gets ejected. So I hear all the boos. So I'm in high school and I hear, I'm like, dang, like they really booing Manny Harris. I knew how good Manny Harris was, but like the fans were letting him have it. And I really liked that because they were sticking up for Chris Kramer. Mm -hmm. They were sticking up for their guy. And then Chris Kramer comes through that tunnel with the mask on. I think he had a mask on. A mask yeah. on. And it blew the roof off of Mac. Yeah. So it was like stuff like that. It really shows you how special our fans are mm -hmm. and how much they really care about us. Because like I said, and like you got a number three jersey in the back. So it's like you just want guys to go out there and give their all to a program and play hard. And then if something happens to you, We'll take care of the bully, and then we'll praise you when you come back. And that's what Purdue is. And you have moments in there, and the roof goes off, and you see the fear in the other team's eyes. You see the you see Izzo yelling to his team, and you know they can't hear him. Yeah, you know what I mean. So moments like that are special, are really special. Like when Dakota, Dakota um, shouted me out during his senior speech. I didn't know he would do it. Yeah. And that meant the world to me. Like I, stuff like that is real big to me. So I mean, yeah. So it was big to play in Mackey all the time. That's awesome. It's an incredible atmosphere. We're definitely missing it, uh, watching yeah, it this year. Of course, the Big Ten Network teased us last night during that Ohio State game, showing yeah. <laughs> some clips of yeah. Mackey, and just made us really uh, long for that. Obviously, you're still watching Purdue basketball, and uh, I mentioned the the Twitter thing. You just joined Twitter, I think, in October. And you've just kind of taken over Purdue Twitter. I know you got a lot of followers now, and people love watching you uh, live tweet during games. Uh, talk about yeah. just uh, getting behind that and what got you into that and the, the fun behind doing that. No, um, I didn't. Payton didn't allow us to have Twitter at Purdue. So the guys having Twitter is new to me. I don't even know if I like it, like, because it can be a real tough space. Sure. And I know because I would get on Twitter and search after games and you miss a layup and you like are the worst player in the world. You miss one layup and you are the worst player in the world. You know what I mean? So it's like, I necessarily don't, I, for me, the way I took it was now I can get a Twitter and I can say things that I maybe always wanted to say, but I can, I can protect the players and say things that they can't say or say things that their parents can't say, <laughs> or I can really give a true perspective or really I can, I can say something and it's not a player complaining. Or I could talk a fan off the ledge because I, I really know what they're going through because I've yeah. been there, I've seen it, but I've also am a fan for the last five years. So I see it from a fan perspective now. So I think I've let myself get the full player view and also get the full up and down from the fan view to now have a true perspective from both sides. So for me, it was more or less, I got on Twitter because um, Dewan Murrell, my friend, just convinced me to get on Twitter and I was like, no, I don't want to. And then <laughs> I was watching a game and my fiance was not responding to me. I was talking to the TV and she just was ignoring me. And it was, so I just sent out a tweet. <laughs> and then um, it wasn't, I never set out to live tweet or I knew I said it, but I, I never really was going to start it until the big 10 season started. And then um, I sent out a random tweet and then I got a response from it. And I said, Oh, this is it. And then I just gave all my thoughts that night to Twitter. And I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. Because, like, Melissa is Melissa ran the paint crew, and that's a really good friend of mine that was in the paint crew while I played, and now we get to talk during the game where 
You know what I mean? I see certain people at, I see certain people, certain people at my games. I see certain people walking away from our games where now we can talk during those games. So it's like, I'm real big on a Purdue community. I'm real big on a Purdue experience. I'm real big on showing the players that even when you are done, you still need to be a part of this community. So no, it's been a lot of fun being on Twitter, <laughs> but it's been a, I can understand it from both sides. It's been a lot of fun, but my only, my goal with Twitter is to send out good messages, make sure I can protect the players, yeah. make sure I can constructively criticize the players when need, but also just be a voice when they can't be. Yeah, that's really awesome. It's been fun watching you and following you uh, during uh, during games and just kind of, yeah, you just give a, a, a unique perspective of, hey, I'm a huge fan and, you know, right. there's tough times, but I'm also, like you said, going to protect these guys and, and give you a perspective that, you know, us, the common fan might might not know. And, you know, to help tone down that that criticism or the, you know, the, the, <laughs> the sky is falling kind of mentality that right. Purdue fans like myself sometimes yeah. can have when things aren't going well, right? <laughs> Yeah, and like for me, like especially this with this team, it's the first team where I just like Eric's family. Um, I, I knew Aaron when he was in high school, um, but other, I don't have that. Like if I was on Twitter when PJ and those guys are playing, no fan would probably like me. Like I'll, I'll be that angry. I still I'll still be in that player mode. I still be too connected. I wouldn't take any negative comments on that team because I felt like those are my babies. Mm. So this team, I'm just a really big fan of this team. Like, I just love watching these guys play together. I love how they love to be around each other. I think that's something that this team has that even my team maybe necessarily didn't have or the teams after that didn't have, even the Elite Eight team didn't have. This team from freshman to they have no seniors. Mm -hmm. So from freshman to junior, and Travion's 20. So Travion's a young junior. Yeah. So they have such a close knit, and it doesn't seem as though they're divided. So I think that's I think that's really cool. I think the leadership at the top is real good. Like I'm a real big fan of this team. Yeah. So I've become a real big fan of Paint through his recruiting. So I've been able to watch Paint recruit this team. So now I'm excited to see it, and it's been a lot of fun. I think the, I think we have the like I always say it all the time, and I don't just say it to say it. I really think we have the best fans mm. in America because you can really sit there and engage, whether it be two different viewpoints or not. Yeah. You can just talk about basketball and they get it. Purdue yeah. fans get it. And they just want you to do the right thing. Yeah, the engagement in social media is just incredible uh, when there's a, when there's a game going on. You, you yeah. mentioned uh, Aaron Wheeler. I know you've worked with him a little bit. I know Purdue fans sometimes can get impatient and they've seen glimpses of greatness out of him and then some struggles. What's the ceiling for him? Cause you, you, like I said, you've worked with him. What, what's his ceiling? I mean, Aaron is really good. I mean, Aaron is really good. He even – and he's really honest. Aaron is a good kid. I knew that when he was a senior in high school and I came back. That weekend I got a ring. I think Aaron was there. Okay. Yeah, I talked with his family that in the, in the stands. I talked with them. Aaron's a good kid. Aaron gets it. Aaron went through – this is my take on Aaron. This is no one else's take, not a coach's, not Aaron's. This is just mine. Aaron made a lot of shots as a freshman. So I think and I think the fans kind of turned Aaron into a shooter. Yeah. And I think that turned Aaron into a shooter in his head. <laughs> so he kind of played through his shot a lot last year because he kind of came out, he missed some. The fans expected him to just be this great shooter. And Aaron grew and Aaron got bigger, stronger, whatever. But he, I don't know if he was ever supposed to come in and be Ryan Klein, Ryan Smith, Dakota Mathias. Mm -hmm. I think we kind of put that on him a little bit. 
to be every time he catches, he should knock it down. Mm -hmm. So he come in last year, he kind of knew he played through his shot. And he told me that when I saw him, that he played through his jumper and whatever. I think this year when Paint sat him, I think that was great for him. Um, I think that was great for him because I think he could be so good. And that showed him, even if you come off the bench, still get double-double to play hard. And he got a playing hard 10-point, 13-rebound game. If he makes a couple shots and get a drive or two to the basket, Aaron could be a 15-10 and 10 guy. Aaron can be a Robbie Hummel, Vince Edwards, athletic type. Vince is more athletic than Robbie, but then Aaron's more athletic than Vince. So it's like that position in our offense is real huge, and Aaron has that skill set. He has it. It's just more about calming down and believing in him. But Aaron, to me, Aaron's could be an NBA player. I mean, I don't realize – I don't think people realize how tall he is. It's like maybe like 6'10". Yeah. So it's like he's right there with Travion, and we want him to be this knockdown three-point shooter. But I think Aaron could be really good on both ends, really, really good. You mentioned him coming off the bench. He did that with Travion the last two games. It has seemed to work. I don't know if that was Painter sending a message or is trying to, to tweak things a little bit, but it, it seems to have worked and sparked those guys. Talk about you know Travion and just the team and how they've uh, responded the last couple of games. Yeah, Paint used to do that with AJ. Paint would yep. do that with Vince at times. Uh, Vince didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, could, AJ could care less at sometimes, but Vince didn't like it. Um, he would do that with uh, he would do that with Johnny. He would do that with John Noctis. I mean, he if you're not doing it, he get the best out of you. He did it with Tyrone, our, our my sophomore season at Nebraska. Sterling just tore his ACL that game, but that was a game Sterling took to the starting spot. So he just happened to tear his ACL. So the fans kind of maybe didn't realize it, but but yeah, paint he will do that, and I really always appreciated that. So if you're not playing hard, not gonna start. Nobody is entitled to anything and if you want to get your spot back you got to come and take it just like this last game still came off the bench because you have to come and take this consistently you don't just have one good game and you have it back you take your spot back and then you keep it so yeah I think I love it I think I love how the way Trey I talked to Trey Beyond two days before that game and he did exactly what he said he was going to do play hard and just be simple and that's exactly what he said he would do and that was cool yeah it's, I love watching him play in a couple of those circus shots last night. And just, you know, it's funny when I watch those and I, I believe when he make, takes those circus shots, they're going in because he seems to do it with, with great skill. Right. Like, I, mean, I don't think he's just yeah. throwing it up. I mean, it's, it's so fun to watch him play and seeing that he's improved from the free throw line some too, you know, that could go a long way for a tournament run. You know, if you can be in there at the end of the games and be counted on to make free throws. Right. What What do you think the ceiling is for this team this year? I think this team for this year. I mean, I think. I mean, showing last night. I mean, I know the fans kind of didn't like us losing to Clemson in the way we lost to Clemson, but we didn't have we didn't have an NBA guard in Jaden. We didn't have a starting point guard in um, Eric. So I mean, we didn't have that type of rhythm we would normally have, but. I think this team is really good. We showed it against Ohio State last night. We controlled that game. I don't think I don't think our team needs fans. I know I love our fans. I know we want to be there, but we have a real good energy about mm-hmm. our guys and about the way they play with each other. And when Travion is clicked up, Eric, I mean Eric had a five quick points to really seal the game for us last night, where Sasha can make some shots. We're so deep that 
I think this team is better than the Elite Eight team. I just don't know if we have – if Travion can consistently do what he's doing, he's right there scoring the ball-wise, kind of how Carson could dominate a game. We have shooters. We're big. We're bigger. We're faster. We're more athletic. I mean, I think we can win a lot of games. Yeah, I agree. Even our, even we're young, but – we're young, but we got guys that's been to the Elite Eight. I mean, our, our freshmen, our sophomores. Yeah. So, I mean – our, our our legitimate freshman got an NBA player. We got a 7-4 guy. And we probably have one of the best passers in the Big Ten. He's just not in shape yet. Ethan, Ethan isn't even in shape yet. He's out there competing. So that freshman class is really freaking good. So, yeah, I think we could be too, we could be good. Yeah, much like that late 18. I think it's just going to get better as the year goes on. Like you said, this guy's get in yeah. better shape. And as the team builds chemistry. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, I talked to Coach Painter a few weeks ago. And, I, you know, I said, I don't think this is your most talented team, but I think it's your, your like you said, your deepest, maybe his deepest team he's ever had. He could go nine deep easily, uh, if not 10. And um, we'll see what we get out of Emmanuel there now that he's, I think, finally dressing. But uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting to watch. The Clemson loss I can handle because Clemson, last, at least last I checked, was still undefeated themselves. So it looks right. like a pretty good club. The Miami one was a little harder to swallow since we had that game yeah. in the bag and, uh, you know, unfortunately lost that one but yeah it's a, a lot to be excited about and like you said no seniors so you know we get to hopefully right. see this entire team plus Caleb and um uh Trey next year so it, it could uh could get even better that's for sure. yeah that would be that would be crazy this team is this team could be really good I mean and you think about it like this my junior year we lose to North Florida and we used to Garner Webb we lose at home and we have fans I mean, these guys lost to Miami and Clemson on the road, two good ACC teams. So it's not like it's not like the teams they're losing to are just bad teams. So like you said, like Clemson's still undefeated. I see the guys Clemson recruit in Atlanta, and those guys are really good. So we don't know Clemson. We don't know those players. But I was at a high school game, and I saw one of the Clemson recruits for next year. He's really good. So <laughs> those kids are really good. And – so that's a really good competition. It's not like we're losing to teams that we shouldn't lose to. Yeah. I'm not wood, but I like where we're at. I like Eric being back. I like Eric being comfortable. Eric yeah. being comfortable makes me comfortable. Because, I mean, I don't know if people know, but Eric's my favorite player. So when Eric's comfortable, Eric brings stability to Sasha. He makes he makes Trey more comfortable just because they've been with him. That's just how it is. Like John Octis may be more comfortable. AJ may be comfortable he was on the court. When I knew AJ was behind me at the rim, I played better defense. So it's just certain things on the court where you know your guy is there and Eric being back is going to help a lot. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Ray, uh, I'm sure I could talk Purdue basketball for another couple hours with you, but I don't want to hold you too long. So I just want to let uh, our listeners get a chance to kind of catch up with where you're at now. You've been doing a few things. I know you worked at Eli Lilly there for several years and now what started your own uh, hoop summit kind of thing? Talk about what you're up to now. Yeah, we started my, like our own um, basketball academy. So just, uh, we're building a youth foundation. We're trying to put together a nonprofit. But I um, personally, I run a basketball academy in Atlanta, and I have uh, 45 kids that I train weekly. Um, basketball skills, kind of just shooting, training, mentoring, stuff like that. But then now I'm. Um, coming back to Fort Wayne more often because now we are, my friends and I, we're building a nonprofit youth basketball organization that's just going to be bigger than basketball. So we're going to have, obviously, basketball training and maybe a few AAU teams maybe in the community. But the community we grew up in, there is no programs that produce 
myself, Deshaun Thomas, Bryson Scott, James Blackman. Um, a lot of players came out of this program. Jalen Smith, that's now in the NFL. But we don't have that anymore. So our goal is to do that back in our community again and bring a sense of responsibility. And we've kind of taken our name, we kind of ran around with back, back when we were young. We kind of put it into, some, put it into a meaning where we're really big on uh, community responsibility, education, and having a strong will. So doing that, having basketball camps, we have in our first basketball camp to end December, and we're allowing um, 30 kids from our, the school system we grew up in that my daughter's in right now to come to camp for free. And we're able to raise money and get kids to come to camp for free, get them T-shirts. We got a lot of me and my prep school is supposed to be sending some gear down for kids, maybe get some shoes for some kids. But... Yeah, right now my life is just all about getting back into basketball. I know I'm doing some commentating things. I'm calling a lot of the Purdue Fort Wayne games this year. So I want to go the kind of media route. I want to be an analyst in an endless world. I want to be able to be a basketball voice high on Twitter with the Purdue. I want to have my own website and my own full of forums and blogs and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, if we could just keep building and we take care of our own community first and then – I kind of expand from there. That's kind of where I'm at with it. As much as I can give back and then build on my own, I think that'd be the beauty in it. But for me, my biggest goal in all of this is the kids that look like me or come where the schools I went to, if they can have the same opportunities I had, whether it be with basketball or not. So, so many players don't realize you don't have to be the player to go to the NBA. You could be uncoordinated and never be able to dribble, but you could end up being a video coordinator for a team. So being able to open kids' eyes to being more than just a player and giving back to my community is really what I try to do. Man, that's that's awesome, man. Keep up the good work. I know you're you're you know, just kicking all this off and already off to a great start with that. Um, if people either want to become a part of that, whether it's participating in a camp or whatever, or helping if you know this becomes a nonprofit and want to help give or whatever. Where can people get in touch with you, a website, or wherever that they can find out more? So we're building our website, but we're on Twitter, Rayf, at Rayfield Davis 3, Instagram at Rayfield Davis, uh, my email at rayd35 at gmail. Uh, just reach out to me, and I'll definitely get you any information you need. Um, anybody wants to be a part, this is just all about turning young men into the best men they can be, because a lot of men don't a lot of young men don't have men in their life to show them the way they should be going so if anybody wants to be a part i'm willing to talk with anybody so yeah i appreciate that that's awesome man yeah keep an eye out for that yeah like follow follow ray on twitter he's awesome and kind of find out more information there and as he builds the site i'm sure you'll you'll put that out there as well so you have a basketball yep. camp coming up in a couple of weeks is that something that's still open for people or uh, is that no, we have we have 10 spots left for camp um yeah, if anybody wants to come out to camp, definitely just reach out to me, social media, my phone number, 260-348-1349. Um, call me, text me. And we're having another, we're going to have another event. Every time, every time, we're trying to, every time the school may be out, maybe on a Friday or a Monday, put together something for the kids to go. Because a lot of kids, if school's not in and their parents are at work, they're just bored at home. They may be getting some trouble. They yeah. may not even some. I mean, this is it may sound mm -hmm. wild to some, but when they're not at school, some kids may not eat. Mm -hmm. So being able to have a camp and have two or three free meals and give them a little shirt to put on their back 
I mean, that's what we're going to keep trying to do. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. Um, you know, you're mentoring these guys and teaching them. Is, is coaching something you might – I know you talked about the media part of it, but it's coaching something you may be interested in as well down the road? Yeah, I want a paint job. <laughs> <laughs> I want a paint job. I, I want to work with paint. I want to um, – mm-hmm. I definitely could see myself doing it. I want to see where this can go right now, and I want to – because this has always been a dream of mine to do something in my own community and give, give kids that maybe – should have been where I am maybe a little bit better than me that maybe in prison now, maybe dead now, give them opportunity kids that way. But then get into coaching. I'm, I'm coaching AAU this spring. I'm coaching one of the a pro skills basketball team based out of Charlotte, but they're bringing the team to Atlanta. They've asked me to be a part. So I'm definitely getting my AAU coaching stamp this summer. <laughs> and I may coach high school next year and kind of build from there. But yeah, I could definitely see myself being back at Purdue. I would want to, I'm one of those guys, too, where coaching would be tough for me, and it's just be honest. I would want to be at Purdue, and that will wear out. That's where my heart would be. Yeah. So that would be the ultimate goal for me. That would be really cool to see you. And oh, I, uh, Braden gets the job. Coach Painter <laughs> may give the job to Braden, and Braden hire me. So, yeah. <laughs> there you go. And bring uh, Ryan Smith back. Ryan Smith climbing up the coaching ladder really quickly, too. It's awesome yeah, to, yeah. to see what he's doing, too, as well. Uh, kind of yeah. as we're kind of wrapping up here, I know um, – you were going to be part of the uh, TBT team, the men of Mackie TBT team this past summer. And then I think COVID kind of ruined that for a lot of people because it became a big uh, commitment. Was that the case with you that it was yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the bubble thing? And then is it something you'd look to be doing uh, next year if that situation changes? Yeah, if it's no bubble, I'll definitely do it. For me, um, I, have, I have a family. So for me, having two kids, I have a fiance. It's tough for me to be away that long. And I really wanted um, – my youngest daughter's never seen me play basketball in real life. My fiance's never seen me play basketball. So I wanted them to be able to come and experience all of that with me. And I'm real big on family. Like, it, to me, I know we could have made a lot of money, could have made some money, but I really want my family to be a part of things I'm doing. So the bubble kind of threw it off for me. But this year, if they have me, hey, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be really awesome. I think that's a team I know – the team that we were originally going to put together with you and – PJ and Grady and some of the other guys yeah. had to back out too, unfortunately, because of commitments and bubble reasons yeah. and stuff like that. I, I, I love it. I love that Ryan Kay has done a great job of, of organizing yeah. that and, and putting that together. It's really awesome. And hopefully we can get back to normal here soon. And, and uh, that would be awesome to, to watch you guys compete. No, I appreciate that. Ryan's a good dude. Ryan's real cool. Ryan's um, – he's the man for it. No, nah, he's real good. So I hopefully – we can we can get a, a team. I think we get a team out there. I think we can win it. So yeah, I think we find a way. That'd be awesome. Hey Ray, I don't want to hold you up any longer. Thank you so much uh, for your time today. I appreciate uh, you talking to me and just keep up the good work. That's awesome that you're doing stuff down in Atlanta and back here in Fort uh, back up there in Fort Wayne. Just giving back to your community. That's really awesome, man. Oh uh, no, thank you. I appreciate you having me. Awesome, man. Hey, boiler up. A reminder, you can follow the Full Steam Ahead podcast on Twitter at Full Steam Pod. And you can always listen to, like, comment, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and tune in. Thanks again for listening to the Full Steam Ahead podcast. Until next time, I'm Adam Bartels.